Good morning. Good morning, church. If you can hear my voice, you're at church. Welcome to the worship service. Um, uh, Brookie, that last song was so good. <laughs> Thank you for doing that song. It was awesome. Um, okay, so my name is Jamie, and um, we're going to pray. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace. We need all of those things again today. And will you help us to hear your truth? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so the lectionary still has us in Mark's gospel, right? My favorite, Fast and Furious. And uh, Mark starts his book with the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. Right? It's kind of like a title for his whole book. And, and that's how we've been looking at these readings all year long, okay, through the lens of that statement, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. Mark proclaims Jesus as Messiah and as the Son of God, and it's a title that is not unfamiliar to folks at the time, but it is shocking to use it for someone who is not a king or a pharaoh or an emperor. Uh, Mark is proclaiming Jesus, a carpenter's son from Nazareth, to be the son of God, to be the king. It's pretty radical. And then he writes this account of Jesus going around and preaching the gospel of God's kingdom, you know, telling folks that the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, and believe the gospel. And he goes around healing the sick and teaching truth and preaching good news to the poor and the oppressed. Mark shows us a true king, who serves, a king who pours himself out, not for his own self-interest, but for the benefit of the whole world, okay, and the world mostly rejects him. This gospel is shocking, and it's beautiful, and it's offensive, and it always demands a response, because Jesus is true God and true man. He's showing us the character of God, and he's showing us how to be humans, right? How to live as God's people in God's kingdom. And uh, the last time uh, that I preached a couple weeks ago, uh, the lectionary had us in Mark 10, and guess what? It's still in Mark 10. I know there was one last story that I did not touch on, and uh, today we get to go over it, and then we can just close that chapter out. You can just rip it out of your Bible, throw it away. I am joking. Don't do that. But it's probably a familiar story, okay? It's the healing of Bartimaeus. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to review uh, what we talked about last time so that we have context for what's going on, right? Um, so that we can see how Jesus has been showing his disciples how the kingdom of God is so different from any earthly kingdom. So the chapter started out with the Pharisees testing Jesus about divorce. Right? And they ask him a question they already know the answer to. Do you remember? They asked Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And Jesus just punts it back to them, right, and asking what Moses said. And they admit that Moses allowed divorce. They answer their own question. Why would they ask Jesus a question they already know the answer to? Well, they're testing him. They know that John the Baptist was imprisoned and eventually beheaded, 
because he criticized King Herod's adulterous marriage to his former sister-in-law, right? So they're trying to tempt Jesus into bad-mouthing Herod. But Jesus doesn't go after Herod, okay? He goes after everybody. In verse 5, Jesus says, It's because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. And then he reminds them of how God created humans to be. And he quotes Genesis 2 at that, right? And he says, what, what God joins, let no one separate. So divorce is lawful, but it's just one of the many results of our hard hearts. And we humans are very selfish. And we are willing to hurt each other very bad to get what we want. And this is not just true for people who are married or divorced, okay? It's true of everyone. Every human is capable of having and giving into our hard hearts. But Jesus teaches his disciples there's a better way. And he shows us how to live in God's kingdom. And the following stories in this chapter show us some of that, right? In verses 13 through 16, it's the part where people were bringing their children to Jesus for, them, uh, for him to bless them. And remember, the disciples rebuked them. We're not told why the disciples were turning away these families. But obviously, there was not a good reason for it. Jesus gets indignant on behalf of these people. And he tells the disciples to not only let the kids come to him, but to not get in their way. Right? The disciples were trying to deny families and children access to Christ. And this is, this is such a human response. Okay, When we get close to power, our natural response is to keep others out, right? especially the ones that we don't see as worthy. But Jesus stops this, right? because that's not how the kingdom of God works. In fact, the kingdom of God belongs to the little ones, the ones without power and agency in their lives. And Jesus tells the disciples, do not stop them from coming to me. And if we ever find ourselves thinking that we are so close to God that we know who should and shouldn't have access to him or his word or his kingdom, then we have a huge problem with pride and our hearts have turned hard, and we need to repent. We are not gatekeepers of the gospel, okay? We are proclaimers of the gospel, right? We are to share the gospel, not hoard it. And then the next part in the chapter was about the rich man who asks Jesus what he should do to inherit eternal life. And they have this whole conversation, right? And then Jesus says to him, like, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And remember, the rich man, he goes away sad. And uh, Jesus comments that it's difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples are shocked by this news. And they're like, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus is like, really? Do you even listen when I speak? Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Those persecuted in my name, they will inherit the kingdom of God. Like, what about the other day with the kids, right? I told you, you have to be as weak and vulnerable and humble as children to enter the kingdom of God. Like, did that not mean anything to you? 
And uh, Jesus didn't say that, guys. <laughs> um, Jesus tells them that man can't save himself, right? Only God can do that. But before anyone can, like, learn anything from this, Peter realizes, like, hey, we gave up everything to follow you. And uh, Jesus is so kind. And he says, yeah, you did. <laughs> like, anyone who gives up everything for me in the gospel, you will be blessed, and you will have eternal life. And then he adds, and you will be persecuted. And many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is what it's like to be human in the kingdom of God. It's to be weak and vulnerable and humble. And he continues to teach his disciples and us uh, this in the very next part of chapter 10. As they head to Jerusalem, right, he tells them what's going to happen to them or to him. And he prophesies about his arrest and torture and death and resurrection. And uh, the disciples do not respond. And, uh, I mean, what would you say? But instead, we have James and John asking Jesus to let them sit on his right and left when Jesus is in his glory, right? When he's sitting on his throne as king. And so once again, the disciples are confusing the kingdom of God with how an earthly kingdom works. And I'm not throwing shade at the disciples here, okay? Because I know that we all have asked for or even maybe expected favors from God. I mean, hopefully not recently. You know, the more we mature in our faith, I think the less we do this. But I'm sure we still do it. It's just uh, maybe we catch ourselves earlier. Anyway, the other disciples, they catch James and John asking Jesus for kingdom favors, right? And they get mad. So Jesus has to teach them all that this isn't how the kingdom of God works. You know, and he explains, the rulers of the Gentiles, the kingdoms of the world, they lord their power and authority over their people. But not so with you. In the kingdom of God, if you want to be great, you must be servant of all. He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. This is what it means to be in the kingdom of God, okay? It's not about favors. It's about serving. And a little sidebar here. If you think that you only have to serve King Jesus and you can ignore everyone else, then I think you missed the part where he said you must be servant of all. So now we finally get to today's reading. <laughs> that didn't take too long, did it? Uh, so it's Mark 10, starting at verse 46. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, 
But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Okay. So first of all, like something that I feel strangely passionate about is that if you've heard this story before, you probably know it as the healing of blind Bartimaeus, or blind Bartimaeus receives his sight, because that's what the different Bibles put as their subheading for these verses. But it drives me crazy that they call him blind Bartimaeus, right? Like, they could just say Bartimaeus. Okay, Jesus heals Bartimaeus. I don't know why the Bible people who make up the subheadings, they keep Bartimaeus blind. You know what I mean? Like, because there's not a pile of Bartimaeuses in the gospel. Bartimaeuses? Bartimaei? Right? We don't need qualifiers for this one, right? Which Bartimaeus did Jesus heal last week? It was tall Bartimaeus, you know? Like, no, 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 it was the one with the, the warts, the skin condition. Which the, oh, that's Wartimaeus, you know? You see how bad that sounds. There's no reason to keep calling him blind Bartimaeus. He is not blind anymore. I have a similar rant about doubting Thomas, by the way. And guys, if I ever lose my eyesight and I hear that you guys are calling me blind Jamie, I'm going to be furious about it. Like, there's just not that many Jamies. Okay. So, I mean, I already have some pretty good nicknames. So Jesus and his disciples are leaving town, right? They're on the edge of a town. And that's where all the fringe folks hang out, right? The edge of town. And it says that a large crowd followed them, right? And a blind man named Bartimaeus, which they tell you means son of Timaeus. Uh, what they don't tell you is Timaeus means honorable, right? So he's the honorable son. And he finds out it's Jesus who's passing through with this large crowd, right? And he hollers, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Like, he calls out to Jesus. Somehow he already knows that Jesus is the Messiah, he calls him son of David twice, right? He acknowledges Jesus' royalty, right? There's, a, there's a, a kingdom at play here, and the blind man somehow recognizes it, right? And he doesn't ask for power, and he doesn't ask for favors. He asks for mercy, and the people around Jesus, this crowd, well, they tell Bartimaeus to shut up, be quiet. And it doesn't say that it was the disciples who rebuke him. It just says that many rebuked him. So I'm not going to pick on the disciples on this one, right? I'm going to pick on all of us. 
Because what is it about us? What is it that when we get close to power, we assume this hierarchy, right? I mean, it happened with the disciples, with the children and the families. And here, a crowd of people in close proximity to Jesus, like, all of a sudden, they're making Jesus exclusive, right? Shut up, you beggar. Don't bother the rabbi. But this is not how the kingdom of God works. And this vulnerable, humble, blind man knows it. and He doesn't stop. The honorable son doesn't stop. He calls out to Jesus with honor. He calls him son of David. And again, he asks for mercy. And Jesus stops. He stops walking. And I imagine it like this, that Jesus is walking. There's tons of people walking. They're all moving in the same direction, right? And when Jesus stops, everyone's like a half step behind, and they all kind of bump into each other, you know? They're like, why, why are we stopping? Like, well, the rabbi stopped. And now everyone gets quiet because they know that means something's about to happen. Yeah. And Jesus says, call that guy over here. And the crowd says to Bartimaeus, cheer up, get up, he's calling for you. And I cannot tell if the crowd is excited because they expect Jesus to heal him or if he's going to yell at him for bothering him, right? Because just a second ago, they're telling him to shut up, right? And you don't just go from shut up to good for you, like in a moment's notice. So I wonder if they were excited because they thought they were going to see him get in trouble, right? It's hard to say. Because the crowd, as we have discussed earlier this year in Mark's gospel, the crowd is always fickle, right? You can't trust the crowd. So Bartimaeus jumps up, tosses his cloak aside, and he comes to Jesus, right? Everybody's waiting, right? They're waiting either for, like, a bless out or maybe a bless up. And this guy, he's either in trouble or maybe Jesus is going to give a lesson, right? Or maybe a miracle. I don't know. They're excited. They're going to see something. And Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And I don't think anyone was expecting that question, right? Like, Jesus, he is blind. What do you think he wants? Jesus has heard this man faithfully cry out for mercy twice. And instead of just being like, sure, here you go, and healing him instantly, he stops. And he brings the man into his space. And he has his full attention. And instead of Jesus being like, here, I'll just fix what I think is wrong with you. Yeah, he asks him, what do you want? And it's a question that gives Bartimaeus some dignity. Honorable son to honorable son, what mercy do you want from me? And it's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. Not seeing people as broken problems that need to be fixed before they can be let in but instead inviting someone into your space and asking how you can serve them. And I, 
confess I don't do this enough. But the more I read the gospel and see how Jesus is teaching his disciples how to be human and how to be kingdom people, how to hear the gospel of the kingdom of God and to respond by letting it transform our hearts from hard to holy, like the more I want that. And do you want that? And does the church want that? Because I want to be so boldly vulnerable in my humility that I call out to my king, not for favors, but for mercy. And I want to be so boldly soft-hearted that I never block someone's way to Jesus, right? That I never think of the kingdom of God as exclusive to only those who act and think like me. But instead, invite people in and humble myself to serve in Jesus' name. And I hope you want that too. Or at least that you want to want it, right? That's a start. But what if the church wanted this? You know, imagine how rad that would be. Like literally rad, as in radical. Imagine if the church did that instead of act like the world. Instead of responding with hard hearts and pride, acting like gatekeepers to God and the gospel, right? Keeping all the bothersome sinners out. I mean, what if the church was Christ-like, and when she heard people cry out for mercy, she invited them in and served them? Now, what I like or love about the end of this story is Jesus heals Bartimaeus and tells him, go, your faith has healed you. And Jesus says that to lots of people in the Gospels, right? He heals them. He tells them to go. And to some, he says, go home, right? Um, and to others, uh, to the lepers, he would tell them, you know, go show yourself to the priest, because that was the protocol. And here he tells Bartimaeus to go. But he doesn't go away from Jesus, right? It says he followed him along the road. And um, it doesn't say he ever stopped. And I love that. Amen. Let's pray. Holy, almighty, unshakable one, we love you. And we love your gospel. And we love your kingdom. And we confess our hearts are often hard. And we expect favors from you instead of wanting to humble ourselves to serve all. We're sorry. We want to be more Christ-like. Holy Spirit, we need your help with this. Please help us respond to the gospel. Help us to be boldly vulnerable and humble enough to ask for mercy. And help us respond to others' cries with invitations to our space and a willingness to serve Help us fight the temptation to use our proximity to Christ to keep people out. Will you make us human invitations to God's kingdom? Thank you. And Jesus, thank you for showing us how to live, how to be human in the kingdom of God. You show us how to be servant of all, and we want to be like you. And thank you for your sacrifice 
that allows us to stand before God and be judged as forgiven. We love you, and we trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.